Hello everyone, welcome back to Holding Fast to Faith. I'm your host, Brett Hill. Today we have a good message for you coming out of the book of Isaiah chapter 55. The, the title of the message is called, When You Are Hungry, It Just Tastes Better. Now, the, the verse is going to be uh, verses 1 through 11, Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 11. I'm in the King James Version today. So if you don't have your Bibles, run get your Bibles, pause the podcast, run get them, come back and open your Bible to Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 11. When you're hungry, it just tastes better. Verse, uh, verse number one in Isaiah chapter 55. Oh, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yeah, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore, do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which is satisfies you not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me, hear, and your soul shall live." And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee." Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, and call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him run, or let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our good God here, for he will abundantly pardon." For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but waters the earth, and makes it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater." So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Church, I want to tell you today that have you have you ever tried a new restaurant and, and found something good? You, you went to that restaurant and for the first time you sat down and read that menu and you, you looked and you found a dish you was really interested in and when you, when you opened up that menu you saw this picture of that dish and it made your mouth water and, and you just looked at it and thought, man, that right there has got to be good. I'll take one of them. And when, when that dish got there to the table and you, you tasted that dish, oh, it was so amazing and your taste buds just went off the chart. You're just like, man, this thing is just so good. And, and what do you do? The first thing you do is you, you run out and you talk to your friends about it. You, you go out and you share the word about this new restaurant. I ate this dish. Man, this was delicious. I had a, a, a slice of this pizza. I had some of this pasta. I had some of that steak. Whatever the dish was, you, you let people know. And, and as a matter of fact, word of mouth like this is the best advertisement that owners of restaurants love to get. It helps their restaurant more than anything else. And, but, but because you loved it, 
that first bite just hooked your taste buds. You, your, your, your taste buds went off the chart and, and you go back week after week. Next week you take some friends with you. Pretty soon you're there every week getting the same dish because it was just so off the charts with you the very first time you tasted it and, and you begin to realize after week after week after week that it just don't taste the same as it did the first time. Maybe the first time it was awesome, the second time, may, and maybe even the third time it was really good, but now it's, it's just all right because it just ain't doing it for me. Why? Because you're not hungry for it anymore. Your, your taste buds just don't get excited about that flavor that, that they used to get excited about because you've got used to it. You, you've got the, your taste buds have grown immune to it in a sort of way because they're tasting it on a regular basis and, and it's no longer that shell shock. It's no longer that new feeling. It's no longer that, that fresh taste that you, that you got that the first time that it hit your taste buds and it, it sent a, a shock up to your nervous system and your brain said, wow, I have never tasted this before. It's an amazing thing. When your taste buds taste something for the very first time, they go off the chart and tell the brain, this is brand new. I like it. Let's rejoice about it. But when you're not hungry for it, it just don't satisfy you. You'll still eat it, but it, it seems that you're still hungry and, and maybe even you'll, you'll overeat trying to satisfy your hunger because your taste buds are just not getting the taste that they wanted, what they were expecting. The, the taste of expectation is not there. Why? Because when you're not hungry for that thing that you're trying to eat, it just don't satisfy you anymore. And this is how some people are when, when they approach Jesus, when they come to the church. Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 through 22 says that Jesus was counseling this rich young ruler. And, and it says in verse 16, Now behold, one came and said to him, Jesus, he called him a good teacher. He said, What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Now, now look at what this guy's saying. What good thing shall I do? This rich man, his mentality is, if I can do something really good, good to get myself into the door of heaven, I'll be satisfied. He's, he's talking about some works. I, I don't need to have any salvation. I, I need to go work my way in. Listen at this guy. So, so look at the, look at God, Jesus as he answers his questions because he said, why do you call me good? No one's good but, but, but one, and that, that's a father in heaven. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. I'll bite. I, Jesus is saying here, I'll bite. I'll, I'll challenge that conversation you're wanting to start here about doing some good things. So what it is? What does he say? Jesus comes to him and he says, when this guy says, what good things shall I do? Jesus said, well, it'd be pretty good if you'd keep the commandments. Let's start right there. And so look how this guy answers Jesus, the, the one that represents the commandments right away. Je when Jesus says, keep the commandments, this guy says to him, well, wh which one? Which one should I keep? As if there's a choice. I, let's pick out the top three. I, I'll find the top three that I want to keep. Is that good enough? No, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus didn't even answer the question. He just starts quoting them. He just starts talking about the commandments and calling them out to him because this guy's obviously going, well, which commandments? So you see, he don't really know what the commandments are. If he knew what the commandments are, he wouldn't have asked that question because he would have known what God wrote on the stone tablets when Moses come down from the mountain. But Jesus didn't answer his questions and start to start telling him, well, all of them, you, you crazy thing. What is wrong with you? He said, you shall not murder. He just starts calling them off. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. 
you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and a mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then all of a sudden in verse 20, look at this. The, the guy just interrupts him. Jesus didn't get all 10 of them knocked out and, and quoted there. The dude interrupts Jesus and stops him talking, and he says, uh, all these things I've kept from my youth. Well, obviously he didn't. He ain't been keeping all these things from his youth because he didn't even know what the commandments were. He didn't know which ones. He didn't know how many. He didn't even let Jesus finish saying what he was saying. He interrupts him and says, I've kept these things from my youth. What else do I lack? So, so picture this. He, he's, he's interrupted Jesus, didn't even let Jesus finish telling him what the commandments are. And he says, I've kept all them. What else do I need to do? So Jesus says, okay, I'll bite. Keep on doing it. You're, you're digging yourself this hole. You're putting yourself in this rut. So look at what Jesus says. Well, dude, if you want to be perfect, if you want things to be absolutely perfect and, and you want to just get right down to the nitty gritty and be absolutely perfect with no flaws whatsoever, take everything that you got and sell it and give the money to the poor and you'll have treasures in heaven. And then, see, here's where Jesus, see, Jesus ain't even mentioned what it's going to take to get into heaven yet. He told him to keep the commandments. He told him to give to the poor and, and sell everything that he had and he'd have treasures in, his, in heaven. But now Jesus finishes up with the way that he's really and truly going to get into heaven because he says, after you've done all that, when you put these things out of your life that you're actually serving, when you put these things out of your life that you're really putting all your attention to, when you've got rid of all your goods and all your treasures, all the things that you're truly worshiping in your physical heart, because that's where your heart is, that's where your treasures are, when you get rid of all that stuff, I want you to come and follow me. That's what's going to get you into heaven. And, and look what the next verse says, verse 22. The young man heard what Jesus was saying and he walked away from him. He turned away sorrowful. His heart was broken. Why? Because he had lots of possessions. He had a lot of stuff that he was turning to. He had a lot of things that he cared about more than following Jesus. He just thought that, well, since I've got all these possessions, I'm going to run by and possess eternal life too. I'm going to find out what I got to do to get that. What good can I pull off now to where even though I've accomplished all these things on earth, I've bought all these things, I have all these properties, I have all these riches and jewels and, and servants and all this other stuff that I have, uh, there's another thing I need to accomplish and I'm going to accomplish that by going by and figuring out I've got the money, I've got the means, I've got the necessities, I can figure out whatever it is he tells me that I need to do, this good deed that I can do, I can pull it off because I've got the resources to pull it off and then Jesus drops a bomb on his bubble and pops it really quick and says, give it all away. Get rid of all this stuff. All these resources that you count on, all these things that you call true treasures in life, get rid of them and come follow me. I'm going to show you where your true treasure lies at. So the guy left because his possessions was what he was really wanting to worship. His possessions is what really meant the world to him. And, and so I can see the look on the man's face and he he looks at Jesus and he and kind of kind of looks and says, well, you know, now Jesus, now, now that you mention it, I'm not really that hungry for what you're serving here. I, I'm not really interested in eating what you're serving at your table today. I, 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 I think I'll go somewhere else. Yes, he wanted eternal life, but as they talked that crow pie, uh, the crow pie that Jesus was serving just didn't seem too pleasant. It was He wasn't hungry enough to eat that. He wasn't hungry enough to partake of what Jesus was feeding, so it didn't satisfy his taste buds. So listen to the scripture. 
Jesus, the, the word says that for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. It dumbfounded this rich man. The rich young ruler was thinking of some other way to inherit eternal life, something maybe he could purchase or maybe he could possess, but perhaps maybe, here's, maybe he was saying, could you give me a door number two, Jesus? I, I don't like door number one. Maybe there's another option. So there, there may, is there a way that possibly I could... Uh, uh, maybe I could run to China and I could get Buddha and Mohammed to, to help me get into heaven. I know there's many other ways to get to heaven and, and I don't like the way you're offering so I'll go and talk to Buddha. I'll talk to Mohammed. Maybe I'll go to Japan and they, they can let me learn about Confucius and, and Confucius can lead me in there because you're not offering another option. You're, you're telling me that what you're saying is the only way I'm going to get there and I don't like it because I don't want to turn loose of my worldly possessions and the things that I've worked hard for. But there was no door number two, so he left disappointed and still not satisfied because he wasn't hungry for what Jesus was serving up. So let's look at another scenario, a totally different circumstance. Matthew 15, 22 through 32, And behold, a woman of Canaan, a Canaanite woman, came out of the same coast and cried unto him, Jesus, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. See, she's recognized him. She knows who he is, and she obviously has some uh, understanding about the scripture and Jesus' genealogy because she says, have mercy on me, Lord, thou son of David. She knows who he is, and she says, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil, but Jesus didn't even speak to her. Verse 23 says he answered not a word, and his disciples even came to Jesus and said, send her away. Man, she's bothering us. She's crying over us, begging on us, trying to get us to come over here and get you to do something. Just send her away. And, and so in verse 24, Jesus says, am I not sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel? And then verse 25, you look and she came and worshiped him. So he, he said, I'm not here for you, lady. I didn't come here for you. I'm here for the lost sheep of Israel. Now, she could have left mad and, di and didn't want to eat the crow pie that he was dishing out. But instead of being angry, she fell down at his feet and worshiped and so said, Lord, help me. She still pressed in. She, she still went to him despite the fact that he was ignoring her, despite she wasn't getting the answer right away, despite the fact that he wasn't answering the way that she wanted to answer and things wasn't going her way. She still worshiped him anyway and said, Lord, help me anyway. I know that I'm not one of your people. I know that you didn't initially come here for me, but I'm at your feet. I'm recognizing you as Lord. I'm recognizing you as the son of David, prophesied by the prophets of the old times, and, and I need help, and I know that you're the only one that can give it to me. So Jesus answered again, and he says, it's just not right for me to give the children's bread to the dogs. I don't need to be throwing the children's bread to the dogs. And again, she could have got angry right there. She could have turned around and left out upset and tore up. Well, I can't believe that. I've come in here and I've worshipped him. I fell out at his feet. I've called him Lord. I've called him Master. I've recognized him as the only one that can help me. And he's turned around and called me a dog. She could have just walked off right there. But in verse 27, she says, This is true, Lord, but the dogs... Even the dog can eat the crumbs off the table, off the master's table. And so what's the difference here? She said, whatever it is, Lord, I, I, 
just let the crumbs fall down. Then, then Jesus answered and said to her, Woman, how great is thy faith, be it unto thee as it will, just as you believed, and her daughter was made whole from that very hour. So what's the difference here? That rich young ruler walked away disappointed and he left empty-handed because he didn't want to eat what Jesus was feeding. He didn't want to accept the fact that he had to give up the other things that he was worshiping and worship God alone. He didn't want to give that up. He wanted another option. He wanted his money and his possessions and his power to be able to buy his way into heaven. But this woman, on the other hand, she worshiped Jesus even though he was ignoring her. She still believed in him when he he compared her to a dog. She knew what Jesus was serving. She knew what he was serving and and she was hungry for that. She had a hunger inside of her for, for what Jesus could do. He was the only option to save her daughter. She was hungry to the point that she said, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. If you just give me whatever you're serving, Jesus, I'll eat it. If it comes from your table, I'll take it. I know that your hands is on it. I know that it came from you. I'm hungry for that, Jesus. These things, they don't have to happen my way. I don't have to get the way I want it. I don't have to see things that goes in the life the way that I perceive it. Lord, if it's just coming from your table, just knock something off. Let something fall from your table and I'll eat it. I don't care what it is as long as it was on your table and you're the one that's serving. If it's good enough for you, I'll take it. I'm hungry for that, Jesus. Count me in. I'll eat the crumbs. I'll get on the floor and lick them off the floor if I have to. But if it comes from you, I'll take it. I'm hungry for you. You will satisfy me. Your crumbs from your table, the stuff that you've got through eating, whatever comes from you, Jesus, I'm hungry for that. Your crumbs will satisfy me. That's where she was coming from. And the Bible says because of her faith, Jesus healed her daughter right then. Why? Because she was hungry. She was hungry for God's righteousness to intercede in her situation. Are you hungry for what Jesus is serving up today, church? Do you have a hunger for his word? Are you starving for it? Are you longing for his touch? Are you longing for his word to do something in your life? Are you longing for the spirit of God to bring a change to you and a change to what you deal with on a daily basis? Matthew 5 and 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. God's word is the only thing that's going to satisfy you. His righteousness is the only thing that will satisfy you when you're hungry for something. It just tastes better. It'll satisfy your hunger when you are hungry for it. John 6 and 33 through 35 says, when Jesus was saying here, he says, the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and it gives life to the world. And these people standing around him says, oh yes, Lord, always give us that bread. That's the kind of bread we want. We want the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life. And Jesus is looking at them like, I can't believe that you guys don't understand this. I am the bread of life. I'm the one that comes. I'm the one that came down from heaven. I'm the one that God sent. If you come to me, you'll not be hungry. If you come to me, you'll never thirst again. You've got to believe in me. You've got to trust in me. You've got to take my word as the truth and live it. Let it change your life and you'll never be hungry for anything else again. I'm the one that satisfies. When your spirit is looking for answers, church, and you need a little bit of flavor satisfaction on your taste buds, those spiritual taste buds, Psalms 34 and verse 8 says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's telling us that the Lord is the one that can satisfy satisfy. You want them spiritual taste buds to send something up to your spiritual mindset and tell you, oh yeah, this is what satisfies. This is the best tasting thing I've ever eaten. It's the Lord God in his word that will make things taste better than anything else. It's the Lord God in his word that will satisfy you. 
So what are you hungry for? What are you hungry for today? I pray for my church and I pray for the people out there every day for God to give you all a hunger for Him and a hunger for His Word. I pray for you to get a starvation in your spirit that will make you long for the Word of God and, and crave His righteousness and, and crave His Spirit to do something in your life. Why? Because if you're not hungry for Him, you're not going to be satisfied by Him. You're not going to get anything out of Him sitting in church. You're not going to get anything out of Him just reading the Bible to get some information. you got to be hungry and you got to want it. You got to be desiring what's coming from that word of God. If you don't have a hunger for more of his word, his word's not going to do anything else for you. You've got to be hungry and I pray that you're hungry. David said in Psalms 143 and 6, he says, I stretch out my hands to you, Lord. My soul longs for you like parched land. In other words, what he's saying is his, his soul is like a dry desert begging for a drop of water. The sun's, the sun's heated up the sand. Even the sand is just like glass out there because it's just so dry and parched. And David said, my soul is wanting you. I'm wanting your word. I'm wanting your presence. Just like a drop of water on that dry desert. I just need you, Lord. I got to have you every day if you'll just send me one more crumb. Oh church, if God's people would hunger and thirst after him again, if they would long for him, for something just to fall from God's table, just to see some crumbs come down that I could get hold of. Oh, it's the presence of God. It's the word of God. Just give me one more taste of it. Give me one more scripture. Let me long for him. Just the, just the voice of God. Just the word from one scripture. Lord, it'll do me. I can, te I can feast on your word if you'll just give me one word for the day, Lord. Jesus, Lord and Savior, I, I'll take anything that you're serving. So you got to understand something, church. When you're hungry for it, it just tastes better. When you're hungry for the word of God, it tastes better. When you're hungry for him, he satisfies you. You need to find your place in an altar. If you're not hungry, you need to find a place in an altar. Get on your knees where you're at and ask God to touch your life. Ask him to put a hunger in your heart. Say, Lord, I want this thing that this preacher's talking about. Give me a hunger for you more than anything else. I don't want riches. I don't want gold. I don't want cars and houses and, and all these other things that will pass away when the world is redone and when the world is destroyed by fire. I don't need all of those things because they won't matter unless I have you. Oh, Lord, I want a hunger for you. If you don't have a hunger for him, find you a place somewhere to get on your knees and ask God to give you a hunger. Do it every day. Don't be satisfied with one prayer. Don't be satisfied with a week of prayer. Ask him every single day. Ask him every single moment of your life. God, make me hungry for you. God, make me hungry for you. Lord, just make me crave the crumbs that'll fall from your table. God, I'm so desperate for you. I'm so longing for you that if I just see crumbs fall from your table, I'll come running. I'll die at the floor. I'll pick them up. I'll take every little word that comes from you, Lord Jesus, because I'm hungry. I'm hungry for you. I need you every minute, every hour of every day. God, I'm hungry. Ask God for that. He'll give it to you. Matthew 7 and 7 through 11 says, if you ask, you'll receive. If you'll seek me, you'll find me. Knock on my door and I'll come and I'll open it for you. Everybody that asks of me, ask him to give you the hunger. Ask him to cause you to thirst after his righteousness, church. He'll do it for you. He'll come and he'll give you the things that desire. He'll put it in your heart and you'll hunger for him. You'll open that Bible and the, and the food of the breath of God will jump off the pages and fulfill the hunger in your soul. You will be satisfied by Jesus Christ. 
Oh, I just pray that you have that hunger, Heavenly Father. God, that you'll touch your people today. Those that's listening to this message today, Lord God, I pray that you've touched their heart, that you've broken the stony hearts of their lives, Lord Jesus. God, that you'll move in the hearts of your people. God, that you'll touch their lives and cause them to be hungry for you again. Cause them to be thirsty for your righteousness again. Revive your church, God. Revive the people. Revive your anointing in your people, dear God. Cause them to be hungry for your word God so that they can grow and mature in their spirit Lord to be ready to withstand the enemy as he comes against them God cause a hunger in your people in the mighty name of Jesus Lord God I pray that this word pierces the hearts that it plants the seed and brings forth the fruit that you needed to bring forth God because you died for them you love them you've given your life up for them heavenly father Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you answer prayers, and I thank you so much of how much you love us. And God, I just thank you. I praise your holy name for touching your people today, that this word is going around the world and touching people's hearts and causing them to have a hunger for you so that the church will rise up once again and take a stand for you and praise you and worship you for the God and the King that you are so that you can be glorified, so that your name can be praised. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray and ask it. Amen. Well, church, thank you for listening in today. God bless you. I pray that this word takes root. Pray every day for hunger. Ask God to turn your life around, transform your mind, to put you on a mindset to hunger for him every day so that he can come into your life and change who you are. In the name of Jesus, God bless you. We'll see you on the next one.